Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here. Today, I have a bit of a hot button topic for you. And I want to talk about why I personally don't fuck with intuitive eating. But before we go down the rabbit hole, I want to invite you to join Leslie Hooper, Laura Calderai, and myself on Monday, September 26th. We are going to be doing a workshop. And this workshop is breaking down the three pillars of a successful weight loss transformation. These are the tools that we have used with hundreds at this point of different people. And they're the tools that we used for ourselves when it came to our own weight loss transformation. Of course, weight loss is not the only thing in the world, but in a world that tells you weight loss is super important, it's hard to ignore the noise. It's hard to ignore all of these messages and try to figure out and navigate what is right, what is wrong, and what will work best for you. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to give you some great tools, some great information. It's going to be a good time, and I hope you'll join us. If you want more information about that, make sure you check the show notes. The link is there. All the information will be there for you. And of course, if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out. All right. Now, here's why I personally don't do the intuitive eating thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I actually think that the principles and the book are great. I think that there's not enough information out there to give people a sigh of relief and permission not to feel broken around food. Intuitive eating covers much needed information, and I think it can be really helpful for most people. It's very common sense where that's hugely lacking in the diet industry. So with such high praise, you might be wondering why I personally don't endorse it. Well, that might be too narrow of a view because I actually do recommend this book in my client resources and I encourage people to read it. Before we really dive into why I feel the way that I do though, I think it's important to understand that in order to be successful in any business or industry, your job is to set yourself apart from the competition. And if you can say something polarizing enough, if you can say something with a strong anti-stance to what your competition stands for, you're going to attract an audience. This is just how marketing works. And so when you think about intuitive eating and the principles that are laid out as wise as they are, there's just not enough room for nuance. And I'm not saying that there was any sinister intention behind this creation. I don't believe there was. Again, very helpful stuff. But what they may or may not have realized when they wrote the book and have since revised it a couple of times is that people think in very binary ways. When they're thinking in binary ways, then they're either feeling very right or very wrong for following another set of rules. They're left to wonder if they're doing intuitive eating correctly or if they're messing that up too. Because these principles are very general, there's not really a framework to follow, people tend to get lost. Because as humans, when we get new information, we want to do it all. I see this within the Unstuff program as well. It's just human behavior. 
But the result of not having a framework or room for a conversation around why people eat the way they do outside of just having this shitty dieting history, which is what intuitive eating helps people overcome, is a lot of frustration and confusion and duality of emotion. Duality of emotion isn't a bad thing, but if you don't understand what you're going through and there's no path forward without judging yourself for breaking rules, then you can end up freezing, stuck, making no progress. I think where intuitive eating can really shine is for those who have had a healthy relationship with food in the past and then got caught up in the dieting world. They already know what's possible for them. And so they go back to eating the way they naturally did before and all is well. No need to overcomplicate it. It's done. But even then, it's often not so simple. When we learn new things, we carry new baggage and then we have to unlearn things as well. Aside from the technical aspects of the framework or lack of it and the marketing, my biggest so-called gripe would be that anytime you take a hard stance, there's morality attached. And when there's morality attached, then you're not inviting individual experiences, preferences, or needs. I know I'm guilty of some of this myself when it comes to the way I talk about food and bodies and everything that I teach. I am, after all, human, and humans have bias. You do, I do, we all do. And when there's morality attached, and when it's attached to a word like intuitive, meaning you should just know how to do it naturally without any obstacles in your way, it almost feels spiritual. You feel really fucking broken when it doesn't feel intuitive to you. Or for various reasons, you can't reasonably follow through on what your quote intuition is telling you to do. When there's a lot of emotion, shame, coping, and disordered eating patterns, intuitive eating, as many people are interpreting it at least, can feel like they are stuck in a maze with no way out. There's an assumption that after practicing this for a while, that it will become very natural to you, that if you allow yourself to eat with abandon, then eventually you will calm down and not crave those foods anymore at least not crave them with the intensity that you have been. There's some truth to this. For many people, where it gets sticky is that it's not just the restriction of specific foods and therefore the reintroduction of them that make people feel out of control around food. If you want more on that, then listen to last week's episode because I broke it down for you. But a good example of how restriction in and of itself does not create preoccupation with food is if someone was allergic to peanuts and they restricted peanut butter. It's unlikely that they're spending all of their time desperately wishing that they could have peanut butter cookies and then having a peanut butter cookie and then eating the entire tray of peanut butter cookies because they restrict themselves from having a peanut butter cookie. So much of this is a mindset problem. I'm not saying that you should fix your mindset so you restrict all of these foods. I just want to give you an example so that you can see that the message is restriction causes binging, overeating, and all of these things. And there is some truth to that, but the restriction in and of itself is not the problem. What is the problem is complicated. It's your environment. It's what's around you. It's what your beliefs are, what your values are. There's also an assumption that any kind of food rule is depriving, restrictive, and therefore wrong. Again, not true. And when people start thinking in that way, 
then they start to feel really bad about considering making healthy choices or telling themselves no. They think that telling themselves no is deprivation, and so they should just eat whatever they want, whenever they want, for any reason, should the urge strike. Assuming that you know what a healthy relationship with food looks like, and it's not difficult for you to follow through on that, and those urges to overeat are rare, well, you'd be fine. In coaching hundreds of clients, that's not usually people's experience. So they throw the baby out with the bathwater and either go back to dieting or start feeling hopeless and stay disconnected from their bodies because they don't know how to read what they're going through and meet their needs in a way that actually helps them. If you have learned to meet your needs through food, then you will look at every urge to eat as an intuitive signal that you should. I don't feel like emotional eating is wrong. In fact, I truly believe that all eating is emotional on some level, but emotional eating as a habit becomes a tool of tolerance. You learn to tolerate all kinds of bullshit from yourself and others if you're shutting your emotions down as soon as they start to rise to the surface. And the consequences of that show up in a big way. Overeating is a stress on the body. There are health consequences, physical, emotional, environmental, generational, and spiritual consequences to overeating as a habit. I'm not saying that everyone needs to walk around in a size two. Body diversity is a thing and it is a beautiful one. But when we talk about weight loss, like it's a sin, like it's the boogeyman, then we dismiss people's lived experiences and we're treating them like they are incapable of knowing what is best for them. And this is not true. Intuitive eating states that if your body is meant to lose weight, then it will once you adopt these principles and put them into practice. In a perfect world, this is true, but we don't live in a perfect world. And the damage that this does to people is that it tells them that if they haven't lost weight using intuitive eating, then they can't do it. It's unhealthy to do it. And they should just shut that door. For some people, that is also true. But it brings me back to my previous point that we are making the assumption that people don't know what's best for them. It's not hard to see the problem. If emotional overeating is a habit for people and they're mistaking urges for hunger cues, it's going to be difficult. Then they learn to believe that any attempt at weight loss is dangerous and restrictive while feeling very frustrated in their bodies. But deeper than that, they aren't dealing with the root cause of the overeating in the first place because they believe they're listening to their bodies. When you have a loaded history with food, dieting, and navigating how you're supposed to eat, it can be very difficult to try and differentiate between true physical hunger and a need for energy versus an emotional hunger. Much of this is due to the neural pathways that I often talk about on this podcast and really talked a lot about in the last episode. Unless you're aware of your automation, of your ingrained habit to eat when the urge strikes for emotional reasons, there would be no surprise if you told me that you were hungry and you truly believed it because you are hungry, but you're not hungry for food. You're hungry for attention, respect, rest, comfort, love to be heard for entertainment, to feel safe. There are so many reasons why you might feel a sensation that says, go get something to eat so you can feel better and mistake that for feeling hungry. Well, intuitive eating 
catches on to some of these things. It's just too broad to cover the nuances of individual lived experience. And I'm not saying that you're a special snowflake that can't figure it out. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast, you have some of the best tools that can help you. You have awareness. The reason that I wanted to record this podcast is not to diss on intuitive eating. And actually, I don't really feel like I've done that. In a world where it's very easy to overeat, paired with complicated diet history and societal expectations about what bodies should look like, this message isn't free from causing harm. And so we need to talk about the nuances. I hear all too often that people tried intuitive eating and it didn't work for them. They just kept gaining weight. They kept feeling worse about themselves and they felt like they had done something wrong. They felt like their intuition had them eating donuts all day long, but they didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes having a food rule can be helpful. Sometimes a framework with guidance is needed. I need to let you in on a little secret. Even people with a healthy relationship with food have to make food decisions. They have to decide if what they are about to eat is going to be helpful, energizing, make them feel good, or make them feel like crap. Where it might be intuitive is knowing their physical hunger signals. It might seem easier for them most of the time to stop when they're physically satiated, but that doesn't mean that everything they do with food has anything to do with their intuition. It has to do with their logic, their thinking brain, them knowing themselves and making decisions. The world is changing and it has been. With that, our access to food is changing. There's more convenience than ever. There are more options than ever. People dining outside of their homes more frequently than ever, and the portions that they are served are larger and larger and larger all the time. Because things are so convenient, we are sitting more than ever. Everything is at the touch of a button. We don't have to do as much as we used to have to do in order to get the same outcome or result. And so we just move less and we eat more. The reason this can be a barrier to feel like you're making an intuitive decision is based on how your brain normalizes what it sees every day. If you're used to eating a kid-sized hamburger, for example, then you might go into a Texas restaurant and order a burger and be shocked to see that it is five times that size. It's abnormal to your brain. You have no assumption that you're going to eat the whole thing. It's too much. But if you never order a kid-sized burger again, and that Texas restaurant becomes your new favorite, and your brain starts to normalize the size of that burger, and even if you still never eat all of it, the chances are pretty high that you will start to eat a little more of it each time, over time, without really noticing. Little by little, it creeps up, and what was mentally satisfying before becomes completely different. Now you've normalized eating to a fuller amount. Now, if this happened once in a while, it would be no big deal. And if you're really in tune with your body signals, then you just wouldn't get hungry for a while and you'd eat whenever that happened. But remember, we're creatures of habit. There are more than just biological reasons why we eat. There are multiple reasons why our brain might signal that we should start looking for food, whether that's other people eating in front of us or a social norm in your family to gather around the dinner table at 6 p.m. regardless of who's hungry and when or one of the emotional reasons we've talked about previously. All of these things can be food thoughts and urges mistaken for hunger. And soon, the new habit becomes to overeat a little bit, and then a little more, and then a little more, until that is the new normal, 
and then trying to cut that back starts to feel restrictive. So maybe the reality is that my biggest gripe with intuitive eating isn't exactly the morality of it, but rather what the name insinuates. It represents a peaceful and strong signal that what you're doing is a very natural part of who you are and it's got your best interest in mind. But when habits, environment, food access, diet history, emotional eating, alcohol, social pressures, the normalization of things by our brains, when all that exists, it's anything but intuitive. So what I truly prefer is autonomy. I prefer thinking on purpose. I prefer you learn to make decisions from an empowered and aware and awake place. I prefer that you're mindful and that you're respectful of your body's needs. I prefer you're paying attention. I prefer you don't feel guilty for wanting to figure out what is best for you and for that to feel hard because it's not intuitive to you. I prefer you don't label yourself as someone who is in one camp or another, that you're either an intuitive eater or a dieter because you're neither of those things. You are a person who eats. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're a person who wants to figure out what that looks like in a healthy and sustainable way for you. I guess if I had to package something up and say that I belong to one camp of eating over another, it would be mindful eating and the many nuances that live there. I like what the word mindful represents, attention, care, and most importantly, using your mind to make a choice. All right. If you resonate with this. If you've struggled with intuitive eating, I would love to hear what your experiences have been. If you've gone from dieting to intuitive eating to nothing to trying all the different things, please reach out and share with me. I would love to hear more about you and your story so that I am better equipped to make sure that the content that shows up on this podcast every week meets your needs. If you're interested in figuring out out what a healthy relationship with food looks like, where there is nuance, and you are able to make these decisions in a way that feels good to you and your body in your way, make sure that you join us for the Three Pillars of Successful Weight Loss Workshop. It's on the 26th, and we would love to have you there. The link to register is, of course, in the show notes. If you loved this episode, please do the cool thing and write a rating and review. It helps me so much more than you know screenshot the episode, share it on social media and tag me so that I can come and say thank you and hello. And if you have any questions on this episode or thoughts or ideas for future episodes, don't hesitate to reach out, shoot me a message, drop into my inbox. It's always open for you. Bye.